This is Railroad Rudy. For those of you that can't get a Valentine this year, just tell them you were a former Chattanooga heavyweight wrestling champion. Worked for me. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Running like this. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 679. Make sure you check out all of our previous episodes at markingout.com, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening to your podcast. Make sure you give us a five-star rating as well. Buy a t-shirt over at prowrestlingtees.com slash markingout. Give us a like over on Facebook. Give us a follow on Instagram at markingout11 and also on Good old Twitter at Markin' Out. And also check us out on TikTok at Markin' Out 11 as well. And make sure you check us out wherever else you can find us. Give us a search. You'll find us. But you can find us individually. Myself, Dave, the Rave, over at David, PTDPT. On all social media platforms, you can follow Brandon at BTTG161. Over on Instagram and Twitter, and also Chris at Chris Sweendog over on Twitter, and CM Sweeney85 on Instagram. Today, right now, I am joined by the one and only Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Still not awesome as always. But how about yourself? No. Yeah, tell me about it. How about yourself? I am sorry to hear that. I am sorry to hear that. Lo siento. And Lo yourself? Siento. Do you hear me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm great. I, I feel great. Thank you. You know, I got to say, very, very weird thing taking place this week was that a TikTok video that I posted November 7th that only got like 230 views or so. It's also a reel on our Instagram of a giraffe at Disney's Animal Kingdom and just a caption that says, Adam, because of Roderick Strong. That's funny. Fast forward to literally yesterday, it starts blowing up randomly. And it's over 23,000 views. <laughs> and I don't understand why or how. That's so weird. It makes no sense. But if you want to go to see the video, you could check our reels on Instagram. You could see it on our TikTok. How was your week, though? My week was fantastic. Very fantastic. Um, I feel like I have been reminded the entire week why I love pro wrestling so much. Um, especially with Royal Rumble and being officially on the road to WrestleMania. I am always reminded of moments like this where I'm like, damn, I love pro wrestling. This is my my blanket, my safety blanket. Like Pro wrestling has always been my safety blanket. And weeks like this, I'm like, I'm just so attached to it. Did you do anything fun or not really? Uh, nothing comes to my mind. Went out to a diner for my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Alyssa. Um, 
So went out to uh, for a birthday uh, birthday dinner, and not too. I like how you. I said, did you do anything exciting or whatever? You said not really, and then you said I went out for my sister's birthday. (laughs) Well, that's because I start to flood with memories of things I actually did, because I never remember what I actually did. Um, Yeah, how about yourself? Well, I think something big that took place last week was Billy Joel releasing a new song. First one in 17 years. And I think that's crazy because I graduated high school 17 years ago. And it doesn't feel like it was 17 years ago that I graduated high school. But the new song is called Turn the Lights Back On. And I really like the song. I would definitely I like to hear. Yet. I would like to hear a duet version with Ed Sheeran. I think they would kill it together. And he also performed that and You May Be Right at the Grammys on Sunday. So I thought that was pretty cool. But as far as myself, I made some meatloaf, which I definitely needed more salt, but I put too much paprika in also, by the way. But mm-hmm. uh, it was still very good. You could see that also on our TikTok and YouTube. It kind of, I don't want to say blew up on our YouTube, but it got decent numbers on our shorts. Mm-hmm. Market out 11 on YouTube. And then I went to Fogo de Show, and that's always good. But I, I really, every single time I go there and I eat the meat, I'm like, I don't really need to eat this all-you-can-eat meat. Mm-hmm. So, the grilled cheese continues to be one of the best things there. Yeah, I think the grilled cheese was incredible when I went. Um, did they have any special meats when you went, or no? No, I don't think they do, but I had, I, I figured, like, screw it, I'll take the lamb. I hate lamb, mm-hmm. based off of what I've tried of lamb. Ate the lamb. Really? Why do you, why do you dislike lamb? It's, it's literally disgusting. It tastes like game, gamey meat or whatever, and it's just disgusting. I've I don't know. Lamb Absolutely to me is disgusting. delicious. It's, it's got not a really bite to it. To me, it has a bite to it. It, it tastes like bo. I don't know. I maybe you're just having bad lamb. <laughs> Every single time I, I, I love lamb. I love lamb chops. It's absolutely. Disgusting. I love lamb chops, especially with a uh, mint jelly. Yeah, I've never gotten a lamb chop with mint jelly or anything, but shout out to uh, Mallory Lewis. <laughs> Keeping lamb chop alive. <laughs> yes. Shout outs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty much my week. How about we talk about some WWE and some Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Nitro. Kicked off with Seth Rollins, where he called Cody Rhodes out. They had Rocky Sucks chance, which was kind of surprising to hear. Michael Cole even pointed out and said, what is this, 96 again? And Seth Rollins said that he needs the match just as much as Cody needs the match. And he doesn't know, or or he needs to know that he's better than the last time that they wrestled. I, I gotta say, like with this part, I do love the fact that Cody made because a lot of the thing was was that Cody's three and zero against Seth Rollins, so for him to go against Rollins, it's stupid for Cody Rhodes. So for Rollins to really stress the factor that Seth Rollins needs him to face him, I like that. I like that spin to it where it kind of takes it off, the shift off of him, and that is all onto Seth Rollins needs Cody Rhodes to challenge him. I like that. 
Well, he asked Cody. And the, the Rocky sucks chance, that was surprising. Yeah. You know, well, he even got Michael know. Cole to address I, I don't know if I would say it's necessarily surprising, but you don't really expect to hear it. No, not not especially this day and age. But Seth Rollins asked Cody if he's facing him at WrestleMania, and then out comes Drew McIntyre. And Drew said that he took, he took CM Punk out, and they should be talking about their main event Mania match. And then he told Cody not to listen to, to Seth Rollins. He's like, go finish your story. And Seth said that they already did McIntyre versus Seth and McIntyre lost. And then Drew pointed out Seth losing to Cody three times and ended up headbutting Seth Rollins. And then Cody Rhodes actually came out and took Drew McIntyre out. And obviously Adam Pierce was pissed off. He find Drew McIntyre there. Yeah, I, I, I just want to say that this entire segment, I thought it was very intriguing because right away you want to follow up. So I didn't speak about SmackDown with you. Um, and of course, I am okay. I was okay with The Rock taking on Roman Reigns. I'm okay with it, but I prefer Cody against Roman Reigns. Um, and it, I kind of just it was, gutting. was going with it, but it was gutting. It's a match that everybody should want to see. We've wanted to see it for, for years now. They yeah. teased it on young rock and everybody blew up. They were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But we invested so much time and effort into cheering for Cody Rhodes for Cody to finish his yeah. story. So they literally pulled the rug out from under us until, I mean, we'll talk about, well, I'll talk about the WrestleMania yeah. press conference soon. It, it's one of those things where ever since the Young Rock, even before Young Rock, it was talked about, then it was teased on the Young Rock where he's right. just like, they had little Roman Reigns saying, acknowledge me and the Rock responding someday at WrestleMania. There's no, like, there's no stage uh, that could contain us besides WrestleMania, like hinting towards what? I think that was like two years ago already. Around that. Right? About two years ago. So, if anything, this match is long overdue, but time and place for everything. I personally believe that all everything aside, I think the CM Punk's, everything that happened with his injury, unfortunately, changed up everything. I, I feel like it was, I feel personally it was CM Punk versus Rollins, Cody versus Reigns. And once CM Punk got injured... They panicked. They didn't know what to do. They called in The Rock because they didn't think that Cody versus Reigns was going to do it. And How does that make then, sense? They literally did it last year. Yeah, but they wanted to How change it up. How could you think that? It, it they literally to did it, it last year. And they wanted to do something different and draw more. That, that makes no sense. How not? How would you draw match more? May they not did draw it, the they same. literally did it last year. Okay, but then it's just they may not be able to draw the same as an original match. This year, this year was everybody wanting Cody Rhodes to win the championship. It was going. Okay, to well, let me more. finish this then. So I feel that they panicked and they put Cody Rhodes aligned with Seth Rollins, where the point where I feel like the a big save of this would be Cody Rhodes acknowledging, well, at least acknowledging what the fans say. 
So I feel like the if Cody Rhodes said, you know what? You're absolutely right. The Rock, what he whispered to me was that I was doing the right thing with stepping to the side and allowing him to step in there because it was best for business. And after listening to all of you, I realized that what's best for business is for me to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania instead of Seth Rollins. And then right there, you can't take uh, The Rock out of the situation right now. I feel like he's embedded in there. So the only thing I could think of is that it's made into a triple threat. And I got to say, I don't, even if it's a triple threat, I don't know if Cody finishes it yet. At I don't this know point if he in defeats. time, at this point in time right now, the WrestleMania press conference did not happen. So we don't know what yes. the deal is. I'm sure we'll find out yeah. so much more. But exactly. at the time of recording, Cody Rhodes, we this already know. This is Wednesday right now. Cody Rhodes already said, I will do it, but not at WrestleMania. I don't want Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania at this point. But but then in this, but that's so... I don't so, care what, okay, so that, what gets added on. There's no way. I there's In my mind, I don't know how you could come back from something where... No, I'm not going to do it at WrestleMania. I don't care if he's like, oh, I've listened I think to the, the fans. The, the I'll do it at WrestleMania. That makes no sense. Exactly. It does too because then you have the entire – I mean the only – the bad thing that comes from all of this is the fans are going to turn on The Rock, which I don't think WWE wanted them to The fans are sending do. death threats to his daughter, and she deactivated uh, her account. These dumb – I don't even want to curse, obviously. but Don't curse. Like – that's pretty, pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up that they're doing that. Yes, I agree. It's totally... It's so pro wrestling. The best way, Get over it. The best, the best way to go about this is for Cody to acknowledge the fans, acknowledge the We Want Cody chance to acknowledge everything and to put it onto the booking, put it onto business. This way, if anything, it's going to be similar to a Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon where everybody aligned with Stone Cold because who's going to cheer for the business person? Nobody. Nobody's going to cheer for the business aspect of everything over your, the professional wrestle that everybody wants to support. So I feel like that is going to be a huge save that they could always do. I think that Drew McIntyre... So now, fast forward to this segment with um, where Drew McIntyre came out. I feel like Drew McIntyre saved this for me personally. The way that he kind of inter the way that Drew McIntyre intervened during this and said how Cody should go for Roman Reigns, encourage him to go for Roman Reigns, and not go after Seth Rollins and how that's his spot and stuff like that. I loved it. I love that he's playing that devil's advocate in a way where of course it's devil's advocate, but on the other hand, it's what the fans want to see. So I was a big fan of this. And then, like you said, he hit the glass cow, uh, glass cow kiss. Um, and him and Cody kind of, what, they brawled a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had a, a little bit of an exchange. And then that ended the segment to open up Monday to Raw. I thought that this was a great opening segment, especially because we didn't know if we were going to actually hear from Cody Rhodes because he was announced to be in a bull rope match against Nakamura, spanning uh, from an attack backstage that happened at a live event from Nakamura on Cody Rhodes, which was really annoying to a point, but that it happened then, especially on the piggybacking off after SmackDown.
But so we didn't know if we were going to hear from Cody Rhodes. So this gave us an opportunity to hear from Cody Rhodes and elongate everything. So I think that we got a big save. But let's move on. Next up, you had DIY pick up the victory over the Creeds, Imperium, and New Day to move on to SmackDown. DIY, by this the way, match, just yeah. lost a title match. So mm-hmm. I don't get, I understand. I don't think that DIY will beat British Strong Style. Obviously, I'll talk about that come Friday, but. Uh, I don't. I don't think it makes sense that they were in this match, given that they just lost the tag title match last week. The match itself, I thought, was just okay. Mm-hmm. The dive spots, I thought, were crazy, like Champa doing the air raid crash from the middle rope to the outside. I thought that was cool. And then I yeah. also liked the the ankle lock spot where Brutus had it locked on Giovanni Vinci, and Julius literally did everything. He could to keep everyone else away from Brutus. And overall, I thought it was a, a very, very chaotic match. Yeah, I feel like when they have so many wrestlers in the ring at the same time, I tend to get lost in the shuffle as well. Um, but I, I agree with you. It was a bit chaotic. After that, we saw Becky Lynch pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler to qualify for the Elimination Chamber which is Becky Lynch's first Elimination Chamber match. I would have wow. preferred if Shayna Baszler was not in this because she's been focused on tag wrestling. Next week, we have mm-hmm. Liv Morgan facing Zoe Stark for the spot, so I can only assume Liv Morgan will be 100% being added to the Elimination Chamber next week. And that, yeah. to me, like the main focus is Becky Lynch wants WrestleMania, she wants Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan wants WrestleMania. She wants Rhea Ripley. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. But after this, we had Rhea Ripley. Well, first off, we went, we go backstage. Backstage, you have uh, Adam Pearce backstage with... Who was he backstage with? He was backstage with two people. And on the screen, Rhea Ripley's theme song hits. Oh, I think it may have been, um, not Priest. I forgot who was backstage with him. Oh, Drew McIntyre. He was backstage with Drew McIntyre. And then oh, Drew McIntyre. Oh, when you Mac- find McIntyre. Uh, yeah, he was finding McIntyre. And then on the screen, you have Rhea Ripley up here. And you can see Pierce be like, what the hell is she doing? She's not supposed to do this. And then Drew McIntyre is like, uh, you should control her or control something like that. So Rhea Ripley hits the ring. And she is angry and pissed off and she starts she wants Nia Jax especially after what Nia Jax did to her last week and this leads to Adam uh, Adam Cole Adam Pierce hitting the ring trying to stop Rhea Ripley to get her out of the ring so they could proceed with the show and Nia Jax's theme well, song no. hits he told her that that he made the match for the elimination chamber yes 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 correct and then Nia Jax came out and they brawled she even knocked yeah. Adam Pierce down. Yeah, I like that. I like that on her way to the ring, she knocked him over. And uh, she came out on top in that segment. I don't know if Nia Jax is going to get fined or anything for knocking him down. We were very, very close to seeing uh, Nia Jax versus Pat Buck a few years ago. I don't think we'll see Nia Jax versus Adam Pierce, but I would be here for it. 
<laughs> we're he's the GM. He's definitely not having a <laughs> match against Nia Jax. That's totally yeah, Mark Dreams. So. That's not happening. <laughs> no, I still need to see Adam um, Pierce face uh, uh, Nick Aldis in a match. You know, who knows? At some point, maybe they will get involved, especially Nick Aldis. But who knows? Next up, you had Ivar and Valhalla pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. Um, this mixed match um, was a good match. I uh, thought. What listen, do you think? I think people forget that Maxine's gimmick literally entailed her being trained. And she definitely needs more training. So I feel bad when things don't work out how it seems they should because they just seem to set up someone like Maxine to be ridiculed online. I agree with you. I feel like with Maxine, um, is she good in the ring? No. She's entertaining, but yeah, she's not a good... She's very entertaining. She's not a good wrestler yet. And I say yet because look at the amount of wrestlers who were yet and became really good, really entertaining. I mean, Dana Brooke, Eva Marie, uh, a lot of these wrestlers were always said, and yeah. So with all of that, I think that her gimmick that she has right now is perfect for her. Because but we need her- we need more segments where we see that because we have not seen that in probably months. Yeah. We need a segment to remind people, oh, yeah, she's actually still training gimmick-wise. So. But Ivar was definitely the one who needed the one, the, the, the win here, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the Judgment Day backstage, and R-Truth showed up as if nothing happened. And Damian Priest ended up letting him stay. And our truth looked like he was up to something. It looked like he had, he had an idea off of what Damian Priest said. And then we cut to the Miz picking up the victory over JD McDonough, where Dominic got involved a lot of the time in this match. We 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 saw JD McDonough be allowed to knock Miz off the apron because of that. We saw our truth mm-hmm. though make his way down, first giving out some merchandise. Then he put a t-shirt on Dominic Mysterio when he wasn't expecting it. So it was like kind of like a straight jacket. I feel like that's something you would have seen in like a Scooby-Doo TV episode. So I thought that was really okay. funny. And then I, truth- I totally, I, I totally pop for this because the way that he was, he, all right. So you had R-Truth in the crowd, just giving out t-shirts and everything like that. And he's getting, making his way closer and closer and closer to the, uh, to ringside. And then at the right moment, he just reached over and put this shirt right over Dirty Dom. Dirty Dom was like a straight jacket, couldn't get his arms out. And what's even more hilarious that I totally popped over was R-Truth pulled Dirty Dom close to him and just smiled at the camera, like as if he was taking a picture with him. (laughs) And then at that moment, that's where he got hit with the big boot right to the face. Um, Just by the Miz. Huge, huge comedic spot. And then R-Truth paid J.D. McDonough money and The Miz hit the skull-crushing finale with the the money flopping up in the air and raining down. (laughs) So that was a good good 
picture to capture. Hard mm-hmm. truth is going to be facing JD McDonough next week now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this is going to play out next week, but we're definitely going to find out. Should be entertaining no matter what. Next up, we had Gunther's 600 day celebration taking place with his Intercontinental Championship. We saw Imperium backstage going over every detail with Adam Pierce. And then Braun Breaker interrupted them. So I thought that was interesting. And Braun Breaker got the contract to look over everything. But in the ring, Gunther told Ludwig that he no longer wants celebrations like stuff like this. Because what's 600 days? Then it's 700 days, 800 days. You don't need a celebration every single time he hits a milestone. He's already the milestone. And he's just going to keep breaking the records. And he said that he's right now running out of people to face. And then Jey Uso showed up. And they went back and forth. And he said that 2024 is going to be the year that he wins his first singles championship. And no offense to Jey Uso. I really, at this time, I don't really care about that match. Um, Like, I I don't see... Yeah, me neither. I still feel like... Fast forward to Elimination Chamber, I could see that they have this match and we see Jimmy or somebody, most likely Jimmy, cost Jay this match and then that sets up WrestleMania because I feel like the only WrestleMania match you could have between the Usos this year has to be Jimmy versus Jay. Yeah, it's been built up huge. So... You know, built up huge. Like, regardless of how great the match could be, I don't have doubts in that. I just don't see that being the end game. And we saw Jay Uso jump Gunther. Imperium took over and then New Day made the save. And it sets up a six man tag for next week. Yeah. We'll see what what happens with that. We have the Kabuki Warriors pick up the victory over Katana Chance and Caden Carter to retain. And I had higher hopes for this match. I felt like something was off. I don't know what. Um I don't, I don't, my expectations for this wasn't high going into it. And the fans, it's audible that the fans were not into it either. I think, like, obviously you can't have Bailey there anymore due to everything that took place on SmackDown. But I think if the Kabuki Warriors are out there, I think it should be all of damage control. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not involved. Like, I feel like like Dakota Kai should be out there. I I feel like... Uh, EO Sky should be out there too. There's just something about them as a group that allow them to connect to the crowd more. But even with everybody out there, I don't think that it would have done anything for this matchup. No, I think it, it would have done more bit... because Dakota Kai would be like yelling at the crowd and stuff. EO would be reacting. I think there would be more. And then of course, it's... I think we'd have Bailey chance, but... I disagree. I think that the crowd was just, period, not into this match. And I think if you had a reason for people to be more into it, it's already a very well-established thing that people are into damage control. I think the, the, the video clip of Bailey being attacked by damage control did, like, record numbers or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have definitely given a reason to have fans react out there. Hmm. 
We saw an interview that was from earlier in the night in an empty arena with Sami Zayn. And he said that he'll fight like the underdog, but he knows he's a contender who will be champion. And he needs to prove it to people more than he needs to prove it to himself. So the fans don't believe in him for nothing. Which I just feel like is a copy and paste thing you could say right now for Cody. It's like the same exact, like, we don't want to lose faith. We don't want to believe in Cody Rhodes for nothing. And I feel like that's a full circle thing with the whole Rock showing up and, oh, here's my match, Rock. Mm -hmm. Even if that wasn't the intention. Yeah. I agree. But but the main event, we saw Cody Rhodes pick up a uh, victory over Shinsuke Nakamura in a bull rope match, which, like you said, happened because of that live event, which really, really didn't make sense that it took no. place. I like that they got to talk about Dusty Rhodes. I like that they got to talk about Dustin Rhodes also participating in bull rope matches. But, like... I feel like this should have happened a few weeks ago. They had mm-hmm. three bull rope matches between the two of them since Madison Square Garden in December. So I don't know if they were planning this or if this was one of those like pivot things. I have no idea. But I, I uh, still I, I don't enjoyed know. I, it, I enjoyed the match. Nakamura, I mean, we saw him use that. Yeah, I thought it was mist. a good Cody Rhodes, even though he was yeah. blinded from the mist, was able to hit crossroads. And then he eventually hit another crossroads after low low blowing Shinsuke Nakamura with that bull rope. But the bigger story I thought that this was an entertaining match with the bull rope, you know, especially with the aspect how they kept on bringing up how this was the same exact bull rope that Dusty used against uh Billy was it Billy Graham? Yeah. Yeah, Bill versus Billy Graham. They kept on making note that this was the same exact bull rope. Um it was entertaining for sure. It was well, the, an entertaining match. The main focus of this segment even was Drew McIntyre. And and McIntyre attacked Cody Rhodes after the match. And that's how Monday Night Raw ended. Yeah. Let's move on and speak about some exciting news from this weekend. NXT Vengeance Day taking place where... We got to find out the conclusion of the Dusty Classic. The Wolf Dogs picked up the victory over Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams to win the Dusty Classic. Um, definitely, uh, I can't say it was. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear you spin this one. I know you right? don't like I, the I random tag teams. It was definitely a shock, but you don't like the random tag teams. I don't. I do not like the random tag teams, but. I was I was beyond surprised that the Wolf Dogs won. Very, very much so. But we saw Braun Breaker, by the way, he's got an updated moveset, and I like that he's updating his moveset. I think that's dope, especially that uh, the the RKO that he does now. Mm-hmm. The cutter. Uh, but Trick at one point did a kip up and tweaked his knee, and I figured that we would maybe see that play into the finish of this match and then maybe the main event. Um, it didn't play into this match, but it did do the main event. I'll talk about that in a bit. But 
I don't understand the one spot that I did not like in this match, even though it was like a fantastic spot. I don't understand how they got, they let Trick, um, or how Trick let that fallaway slam in German suplex from Braun Breaker happen. He was just watching it as it happened and then joined in on it. So I did not understand that at all. But I liked the actual move that they, that Braun Breaker accomplished from that. I liked both Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker doing the dive spots. I thought those were nice. And then Baron Corbin saved Braun Breaker from nothing but net. And he hit that, um, the end of days, I believe, off of that. And then Carmelo Hayes ate a spear from Braun Breaker for Trick. Yeah, that was a huge part, a huge point of the match too, you know, where he ate the spear for him. Um, it's something I do want to bring up too is before the end of the match was where Braun Breaker nearly injuring himself. That, that was such a scary spot where yeah. he hit the rope and caught his his head in the when his you neck run across 23 the miles per hour at the ropes i guess you might have that problem yeah that that looked like it, there's no way in hell that did not hurt him the next day he is so lucky that looks so uncomfortable and painful to take yeah um luckily it seems like he's okay we haven't heard anything but yeah, so the end of the match took place with Rolf Dogs pick up the victory. No turn. Well, I didn't no expect turn. it to be then at all. What's funny is I, I I didn't expect I don't know. I didn't expect it to be then. But I also if they won, I thought it would be cool if he did after they won. That wouldn't have made sense. He would have still it had to go and do the, the title match. Exactly. It had to be so during that title match. Yeah, well, in my mind also, when I first thought about that, it was the Dusty Classic closing out or something like that. Well, that wouldn't have Next up, sense. you had Dijak pick up the victory over Joe Gacy in a no-disqualification match. Um, Crazy. Yeah. That uh, the cannonball that Joe Gacy did when Dijak was sat in the chair outside, I thought was crazy. The headbutt. That Joe Gacy did with the trash can on his head, I thought was a, a nice spot. The, um, the the table spot off of like a push springboard that Joe Gacy pushed Dijak off and he like went flying through that table set up on the outside. I thought that was Yeah, crazy. that was a cool one. But Joe Gacy wrapped Dijak's eyes up with duct tape, wailed on him with kendo sticks, but... Um, Dijak was still able to hit Feast Your Eyes on that. But he couldn't find Joe Gacy to make, to make the pinfall there. And I thought that was a good spot. And then he eventually did hit Joe Gacy with the, the nightstick and hit Feast Your Eyes without the duct tape on his eyes and picked up that victory over there. I, I like that aspect with the duct tape too. You know, I thought that was a cool little uh, involvement within the matchup itself. Yeah. Um, overall, I think Dijak and Gacy... Very entertaining match. Yeah. After that, we saw a backstage thing with the Chase U calendars being sold where they were actually set put on sale. And they were on WW Shop. I think it was sold out in 30 minutes, which is crazy. Yeah, they said it sold out very quickly. But they were like signing them for the segment and we saw Riley ask Thea to be his Valentine. Lexus King was like, 
ogling over the the calendar, and then he and Riley got into it, and that sets up uh, NXT that we'll speak about in a moment. After that, though, we saw the family, the D'Angelo family, pick up the victory over OTM. We saw the family attack OTM from behind before the match. And this was very, very chaotic. The referee like had no control. The ref Come looked on. like a chicken without its head on, running around, could not control us at all. And we saw scripts get involved a few times. I'm I'm really happy that the D'Angelo family won, though. Yeah, I, I think that, if anything, this was a big eye-opener for OTM that they are here to stay and that they could definitely be tag team champions come uh, down the line. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I glad. Sure. It was, I, I liked the, the spots that they had with Jada. I liked the stuff that they had with Adriana. I thought both of them did well in this match. Yeah, I agree. Next up, you had Lyra Valkyria pick up the victory over Roxanne Perez and Lola Vice to retain the championship. Uh, originally, Valkyria versus Perez, but during the matchup, Lola Vice coming down with her contract and cashing in to join the matchup. Um, how did you like the matchup before Lola Vice was involved? I liked it. There were some slow parts, and then Lola, when she showed up with that breakout contract, it definitely added um, to the match, I guess. I like. I agree saw, with you. I feel like saw, it kind of like added a little boost of energy. Like it was like a Red Bull to the matchup that, like, uh, because they were already performing for quite a be- period of time, and then yeah. Lola Vice entering there, it gave just another spice to everything. And I like that Tatum tried to stop it, and Lola took mm-hmm. her out, and and it just added shock factor to this match. And I thought that was uh, an extra bit of enjoyableness to add to it. I think it's too bad for Lola Vice losing the the title shot, but um, Tatum Paxley is really to thank for that. And we saw backstage earlier, uh, Kiana James spoke with Izzy Dame, where she said now the main focus has to be that championship. But they need to take out Kalani Jordan, which I thought was a weird thing to like pivot to. And then they also did like a Mean Girls segment on NXT. But now we'll, like, I don't know who will be next to, cha- to challenge Lyra Valkyria. It can't be Roxanne Perez. It can't be Lola Vice. I feel like Stand and Deliver or Roadblock will see Roxanne Perez and Lola Vice again, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they would do that again because we did see it on NXT TV. Uh. Roxanne attacked Lyra, uh, not Lyra, she attacked uh, uh, Lola Vice later on, so that's what led to that match being set up for NXT. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We had a mystery vignette air that said man has three faces, one the world sees, one his family sees, and one no one sees, but reflects the evil he truly possesses. And it had footsteps walking in the in the vignette. A lot of people think it's for Okada. I have literally no clue who that, that could yeah. be for. I have no clue. Who else did they think it was for? I there's I don't know who else. Um Who else is coming from Japan? They said Julia, but that doesn't really make sense because it said man and his. So I don't think 
I don't know if that would I mean, really on the other sense. hand, Becky Lynch calls herself the man. Yeah, but I don't like think so. they're going to have another woman call themselves the man. That would not make mm-hmm. sense. So I don't know. I mean, also in in old, like, uh, philosophical quotes and stuff like that, it was never a woman. Yeah, it, it was his. always man. It says his. Yeah, but it was always his or him. It was never female-esque so it could still be taken both ways you know i don't know but it should be interesting to see what happens with that a lot like with i mean even julia a lot happened with sardom i i don't even i don't want to even begin to get into that but they they fired rossi which is crazy yeah. Who knows what will happen let, with that. Yeah, we don't know where. It's rumored that he was feeding WWE talent, which we saw Kyrie show up back in WWE. So that's one thing. It was rumored that Julia would be coming to WWE. But I don't understand how that's like, I mean, it's his, partly his company. So I don't understand how it would, would have been anything illegal. I don't know how that works, but. Yeah, I I don't know how the contracts work or anything like that. And then with Julia, apparently she's with WWE, allegedly. But I don't she, think that's true. I never heard that. Never read that. Yeah, I, I was I was reading that she. I know that there's rumors that she would that she said she will definitely be going to WWE, but she will help out and and get this new promotion off the ground first. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's that, well that that I read is that she is heading to WWE, but she's holding off to make sure that everything is settled over there first before coming over. Should be interesting to see what happens in the rest of 2024. Yeah. Uh, we saw Oba yes. Femi pick up the victory over Dragon Lee to retain the North American Championship. Oba Femi expected. Yeah, very much he had so. To. And Oba Femi continues to be. Incredible. I liked when Dragon Lee had that submission locked on. And the only thing to break that hole that Obafemi could do was use his teeth to bite down on the rope and break the hole. Yeah, that was interesting. But he destroyed Dragon Lee. He choked, slammed him onto that that chair outside. I thought that was a crazy spot. And then he launched that, that huge launch. Right before the power bomb was was incredible, so yeah, I'm definitely Oba looking Femi's, forward to more of Oba Femi. He's huge, you know. But next up is the main event of the evening. Yeah, Dragonov pick up the victory over Trick Williams. Um, the matchup, it, uh, well, just to say, Trick Williams said that he wanted Carmelo Hayes by his side in a backstage segment yeah. after. Their Dusty Classic. So originally, he's been not wanting Carmelo Hayes by his side at ringside. But tonight, after Carmelo Hayes took that spear, he changed his mind. He wants him by his side. Yeah. So fast forward to the matchup. Trick Williams in the matchup. There was It was an incredible matchup with Trick, by the way. and Trick Williams. Trick did a great job at holding his own in the main event. Mm-hmm. Him and Ilya Dragunov both being bloody, I thought was a crazy sight to see. The bookend yeah. off the apron was nice. But we saw Carmelo Hayes get in Ilya Dragunov's face. And he took a swing. And Ilya Dragunov ducked it and sent 
Carmelo Hayes flying into Trick Williams' knee, which is what I thought would happen, and it happened. I knew it had to be a thing. And you you knew that it was going to be an unintentional hit. No, no, I, I knew that the knee was coming into play. I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, okay, okay. I but got trick, you. I got you. Trick still continued. He used the H bomb, which I thought was a nice spot. And then Ilya Dragunov hit one from the the middle rope, and um, we saw the referee get taken out by mistake. And Trick had Ilya Dragunov down for like a ten or fifteen count, perhaps. And another referee came out, Dragunov kicked out, went for an H-bomb from the top rope, Trick got his knees up, and then Trick ended up running at Ilya Dragunov only to get hit with that torpedo Moscow. And the main main event I thought I thought the match was going to end a lot sooner than that, Um, especially because the knee spot happened probably like, it felt like 10 minutes or 15 minutes before the actual end of the match. I thought that knee spot was going to end up leading to the end of the match, but they still had the near falls um, taking yeah, place, wow. and then you had the ref, then you had the referee spot, which was a nice additive because during that referee spot, you don't know if Carmelo Hayes is going to get involved or how he's going to get involved when the referee gets directly taken right. out like that, um, or if he's going to get a, throw a weapon in or something. So I really did like that involvement of the referee being taken out, and it's still ending fairly. Um, but after the matchup, you had Trick Williams and Carmelo Anthony's Carmelo remaining Hayes in the brother. ring together. <laughs> huh? Carmelo Hayes, brother. Yeah, um, Carmelo Anthony, sorry. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are in the ring together. Dragunov is out of the arena now by at this point, and you see... The look in Carmelo Hayes' eyes. You look at him, glance over at Trick Williams, and you know it's going to happen. Yeah, as I called and since October. Happened. He did the chop block right to that knee, and he assaulted the heck out of that knee with that chair. People were that genuinely was, shocked, too, and I thought that was great. Yeah, and I, I was really enjoying the chair shots to the leg. Like, the way that they were selling it and the way he was delivering it, it was incredible because it was just – it wasn't like a few shots. It was like shot, 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 shot. Um, I was a big fan of it. Yeah, and then fast forward to NXT this week, and it opens with Carmelo oh, before Hayes. We, be, before we fast forward to, to NXT, what I really did like was the backstage, comment, uh, the backstage um, interviewer. She met up with – Carmelo Hayes backstage on his way oh, yeah. leaving the arena after all that with the chair. And she's like, what do you have to say for yourself? And he was just like, either he said one he word. He said whooped. Yeah, he said whooped. And just Which is a walking. great play into whoop that trick. Exactly. I love it. All right, proceed to NXT. So Carmelo Hayes opens up NXT, bunch of booze, and he proceeds to pull Larry David. He just folds the chair up. And he's like, eh, not yet. And then he left. And then later on, he comes back out. And he said that he's not jealous of Trick's success. He allowed Trick to succeed. And he said that Trick crossed him first because Trick was supposed to be going for the North American Championship. 
he was supposed to be going for the NXT championship and basically said they're not on the same level. And then Melo said that famous. He, he, he said he was the one that attacked Trick. He had Trick's music play to mess with everybody like Shawn Michaels would do. Everybody's bringing up. We didn't get footage of the, the closed circuit TV, the security camera footage of him actually attacking Trick Williams backstage at NXT like Triple H and Shawn Michaels. But we got the you damn right it was me line. And I thought that was perfect. That's the one thing I was calling for since October. And it happened. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, I thought that that was really, really awesome. We saw the Wolf Dogs after uh, after Carmelo Hayes left. They ended up ringside and Corbin said nobody in the company could stop them. And now they get a shot at Tag Team Gold and they put the family on notice. And then the first match that we saw was Axiom and Nathan Fraser picking up the victory over Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. But uh, this was a, a really fun match. The Wolf Dogs did commentary during it. I liked um, the the double dive spot that the both teams did to the outside. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Malik Blade shined big time in this match. He killed it. I thought that was. I thought he did so great in this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing I didn't get was I agree uh, with you. they did a tag spot where Nathan Fraser he did a dive to uh, Malik Blade and Malik reversed it, and then Axiom also went for a dive. And Malik reversed it. Like, I don't understand. If you would, if you just saw that he reversed, he had the move reversed, why would you not think that he'd get his feet up again? I didn't get that. But they Test, eventually your luck. They eventually followed up with the, a dive and uh, a golden ratio to pick up that victory. So I thought that was cool. And then the Wolf Dogs attacked them afterwards. And the D'Angelo family showed up and Corbin called for their tag title shot to be next week. So we could potentially have new tag team champions next week on NXT. It's very possible. Uh, next up, we had Lexus King pick up the victory over Chase Yu's very own Riley Osborne. Um, Chasey kind of costing the victory. King. Yeah, yeah. She that's told true. Thea Hale to stay in the back so she didn't seem too available. It was a, a well-worked match, by the way. And I think Osborne mm-hmm. shined big time, but he lost focus because he looked in the Chase U section for Thea Hale and she was not there. Yeah, his focus was not where it had to be. And it led to Lexus I mean, King taking yeah, over. Yeah, this is all after everything where he asked her to be her Valentine's. Yeah, and then he, he yeah. mentioned after uh, not seeing her in the crowd and everything, and he's like, are we still on for Valentine's Day? He's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Yeah, watch, watch her... Watch uh, uh Jason. Yeah. Um cost her Thea Hale the relationship with Riley Osborne. She said she's gonna give her some tips next week for Valentine's Day, so Yeah, watch 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 this entire thing end up being where Thea Hale turns on Jace. No, it would be JC turning on Thea Hale. There's no yeah. way Thea Hale would be turning on JC. It makes no sense. Yeah, true, true. After that, though, we saw Roxanne Perez pick up the victory over Lola Vice, where Tatum Paxley ran down with that breakout tournament contract. And Lola Vice took her out, and that was the distraction that that uh, Roxanne Perez used to get the victory. 
So that's why I don't know yeah. if it's necessarily done between Roxanne Perez and Lola Vice, but it seems like it could be. I don't be. think so. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to continue. But next up, you had Stone and Wagner backstage. Yeah, Stone's kids convinced Robert Stone to tag with Von Wagner to face Metaphor. And then we saw later on Noam Dar accepted the match, but no quarter catch crew showed up and questioned why they would accept that match. And then we see Metaphor, Lash Legend, and Jakara Jackson pick up the victory over Fallon Henley and Ren Sinclair, which I thought for sure Ren and, and Fallon Henley would pick up the victory. But I thought this was a good match. Yeah, I thought this was an awesome match, you know. Lash Legend, I'm big fan of. Yeah, she's um, definitely improved big time. Yeah. We saw oh, yeah. we saw Brooks Jensen talking to Josh Briggs and and uh he mentioned how Briggs and Fallon Henley have everything figured out. And then he stopped Josh Briggs before he left and he's like, "I'm I'm struggling." And I need both of you. And Briggs ends up pushing him against the wall. And he said, the world doesn't revolve around you. Learn from Fallon. Yeah, Briggs, learn, like from, showing... learn from me. And either yeah, sit Briggs, and like... cry or grow some balls. Yeah, Briggs going full-blown like heel or like wake wake the hell up. I don't think up. it was heel. I think it was like reality check for Jensen. I don't know. I don't. It's hard to say because like his facial mannerisms... It's like, I don't know. I think I it was a wake-up call, not a heel turn. I wouldn't say it was a full heel turn, but I could definitely see heel turn in the works. I don't think so, but we'll see. I think we'll see some sort of like big pop moment coming from Brooks soon. Yeah. We saw Ava backstage uh, dealing with Jada Parker. She wants a match with Adriana Rizzo next week. Ava granted that match. And then Ridge Holland walked in because he still wants to face Gallus three-on-one. And she's like, I cannot give you that match, but I'll give you Gallus one-on-one. But if you lose the match, you will not get another match against them. As he goes member to member to member. So where this leads to, I have literally no clue. But we're going to see Ridge versus Gallus basically in a gauntlet style. Perhaps it'll be week mm-hmm. by week by week. Um, yeah. Earlier though, we saw Ilya Dragunov put Trick Williams over. Uh, he called out Carmelo Hayes. This was before everything else with Carmelo Hayes that we spoke about. And and uh, Dijak showed up instead. And then they went back and forth. It ended up in a brawl and a match was set for NXT, which turned into the main event where we saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Dijak. Insane main event. I mean, the let's just that that punch from Dijak to Dragunov that was landed. Crazy. That was like I don't know if it landed city. or if it looks like it landed. I mean, it it looked like it landed and if it didn't then damn, did they work us all really well? <laughs> You know, like if if that was not a shoot like punch, and he he potato potatoed him, um, I would be shocked. You or know, didn't, you mean didn't potato? Didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know? and I thought it was a really good match. But 
Joe Gacy showed up and hit Dijak with a boxing glove on a stick. Looked like something Johnny Knoxville would have used. And that directly led to the end of that match. So, And Dijak still looks strong with that loss because of Joe Gacy. What happens between Joe Gacy and Dijak now? Because that can't be over. No. And then to close out NXT, Carmelo Hayes attacked Ilya Dragunov. I don't think that's leading to stand and deliver. I hope it doesn't. It could very well be like a triple threat situation, but I still feel like we should get Mello versus Trick one-on-one in some sort of stipulation match at stand and deliver. And then have Ilya Dragunov face like a huge opponent. Who, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I agree with you. I, I want to see Trick and, Carmel, uh, and Carmelo have their one-on-one. But, I mean, are we going to see Trick cost him a match against Dragunov? I don't know. That's also a possibility. Yeah, it's tough but to say. Let's NXT. Going to move over to the WrestleMania press conference which it was billed as the WrestleMania kickoff event, and then it was billed as the press conference again on SmackDown. I don't know why they kept flip-flopping, but Pat McAfee, CM Punk, Big E, and Michael Cole were the hosts. The opening video, I thought it was interesting to see Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. We saw Sasha Banks. Michael Cole mentioned AJ Lee when introducing CM Punk. I thought that was funny. But Triple H spoke, Bianca Belair spoke, and she mentioned Sasha Banks again. Rhea Ripley came out and spoke, and Becky Lynch interrupted and said that she's winning the Elimination Chamber. She's facing Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins spoke, and he called Cody Rhodes out, but Roman and Paul Heyman came out instead, and he said he chooses who faces him at WrestleMania. And then he chose The Rock. The Rock showed up, He spoke. People were really not having it. And he showed off the bloodline, the entire bloodline, which was a really cool sight to see. And how it's The Rock's grandfather at the top. It's Roman Reigns' grandfather at the top. And they made a blood oath. And that formed the bloodline. And I thought that was an incredible graphic to show. I thought it was cool. You included Jacob Fatu. You had Deuce... You had Tamina on there. You had um, uh, Lance Onawahi was on there. L.A. Smooth. Everybody that we know as part of the bloodline, even if they've not been seen on WWE programming or not, not be made to be this huge deal on WWE programming, they were, they were showcased. So I thought that was cool. And The Rock said... This is the biggest main event in WrestleMania history, whether we like it or not. And then Cody Rhodes came out and called it BS. And he said, it's not Roman Reigns' choice to determine the main event of WrestleMania. It's his. He won the Royal Rumble. And he said his decision is to face Roman Reigns. So, doesn't really make sense. But Roman Reigns said that Cody was just a chapter in his book last year. He's irrelevant, just like his father. And Cody said that if Roman's grandfather and The Rock's grandfather was there, they'd be ashamed of them. And then The Rock slapped Cody Rhodes. 
And Seth Rollins kind of came to Cody's defense, it seemed. And they got into a huge, like, pull-apart screaming brawl to basically set up what looks like a tag team match. With The Rock and Roman Reigns facing off against Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. If that happens night one of WrestleMania, that sucks because Bailey gets screwed. And I think Bailey versus EO should main event in a hell in a cell. So that sucks, but it was a hot segment, kind of. Left me very confused. The Rock and Roman Reigns yelled at Triple H afterwards. Punk having the time of his life saying, if if you're pissed off, punch somebody in the face, fight them. <laughs> so, obviously we know what that means. I don't know. I don't know. This is not the... I feel like they, they hyped this up to be something it wasn't. And it just left a lot of people confused, myself included. That's the WrestleMania kickoff event. Moving over to SmackDown. It opened up with Triple H uh, talking about the press conference. And we had Nick Aldis and Adam Pearce there with him. And Triple H said that he's in charge. The main event is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. And he basically kind of taunted The Rock here too. And then Nick Aldis shifted talk to Seth Rollins in the World Heavyweight Championship and said they all agreed that the challenger will be determined inside the Elimination Chamber. So we have Randy Orton, we have Bronson Reed, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul is in there as well. We have um, AJ Styles, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, Ivar, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, Dominic, and L.A. Knight. Um... It really doesn't make sense, but I hope it's McIntyre. And then McIntyre went on to defeat AJ Styles to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. LA Knight did commentary. I thought it was a really good match between the two of them. We saw McIntyre kind of tweak his knee at one point. AJ Styles worked on it, but the, the big downfall, I guess, for AJ Styles, we saw LA Knight pour some water on him. When uh, he was at the near the commentary table, and Drew McIntyre sent AJ Styles into LA Knight. AJ Styles could have won, but LA Knight ended up getting up on the apron, and the ref got distracted with that. AJ turned around and ate a Claymore, and McIntyre picked up the victory off of that. We saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Mia Yim to qualify for the Elimination Chamber, which. It felt like there was no way that Mia Yim was winning this match, but she absolutely cooked in this match. I thought she did phenomenal, no pun intended. She hit Eat Defeat, Bianca Belair rolled out of the the ring, and then eventually hit the KOD to pick up the victory there and uh, move to the Elimination Chamber. We saw Braun Breaker meet up with Triple H, and he asked Triple H for advice over his contracts with Raw and SmackDown. Paul Heyman showed up, Braun Breaker left, and Paul said it seems like it's not the a, a good time right now, and said he'll be back next week with Roman Reigns and with The Rock. We saw Bailey in the ring, a lot of chance for Bailey, a lot of you deserve it, and she basically said that she uh, damage control meant everything to her. And she gave everything to them and put 
them over her. And they just kept taking and taking and taking. And they were also laughing behind her back. They were talking behind her back. And she's not stupid. We heard that last week as well. But I thought that was a a great portion of the segment. Then Dakota Kai showed up. And she said she didn't know about any of this at all. And she pretty much blamed Asuka and Kyrie Sane for, for EO. And Bailey asked where she stands. And then the rest of the damage control came out. Dakota Kai left the ring for them to surround the ring. And she got back in the ring with that steel chair. And it looked like she went to go attack Bailey with that chair. But she took out, or not took out, she went after damage control. I don't buy it, but it was a very entertaining segment. We had a segment from Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits and BFAB to talk about the Final Testament, but also hyped up Lashley's match on Monday Night Raw against Bronson Reed for the Elimination Chamber spot. We saw Dominic interviewed over the chamber, and we found out that Kevin Owens is going to be his opponent, and that was a funny segment. R-Truth showed up and (laughs) called Kevin Owens Miz, and uh, he was over big time. There was We Want our truth chance. So I thought that was pretty cool. Logan Paul, we were supposed to find out who the, his opponent was for WrestleMania with the United States championship. He walked into the office of the general managers annoyed. Why am I in this? And, uh, he's like, I'll do it though. I'll do it. Who am I facing? He finds out he's facing the Miz. And, uh, he said he'll, he'll beat the Miz. He'll go to WrestleMania, he'll beat Seth Rollins, and he'll be a double champion. Earlier in the night, we saw Pretty Deadly, where they were at like a lake or something. At uh, I forget what the structure is called. I should remember it. But it looked very nice where they were, and Queen Elizabeth was in the clouds with a uh, maybe a Robin Williams-esque hello. Um, but the main point was that they were pissed off at British Strong Style, And then fast forward, we see British Strong Style pick up the victory over DIY to become number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships. And I thought this was a great match. The airplane spin to Johnny Gargano with the big swing to Ciampa at the same time from Tyler Bate I thought was awesome. And I'm glad that British Strong Style won. They're going to go to the Elimination Chamber to face off against the Judgment Day for those Tag Team Championships. And... In the main event of SmackDown, we saw Randy Orton pick up the victory over Sami Zayn to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. After Sami's Elimination Chamber last year, I would have really liked to have seen him in this match, but how how do you not have Randy Orton make it in a situation like that? He missed WrestleMania last year. I thought it was a decent main event. I liked that it at least looked like Sami Zayn could win this match. But Randy Orton in the end uh, ducked o- ducked down under a uh, springboard attempt and hit Sami Zayn with an RKO to pick up the victory. And then Drew McIntyre came out to stare Randy Orton down face-to-face. Both of them were the ones that qualified for the chamber. So we'll talk more about the Elimination Chamber next week. And for now, I will be right back here on... 
Marking Out. This is third generation superstar Lance on Hawaii, and you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 679. Going to Rampage from last week, we saw Top Flight pick up the victory over Private Party, which I thought was a pretty good match. Mark Quinn tried to pin Darius using the rope for leverage. Action Andretti was a bit too early to point it out, but he pointed it out. I like that they did that. It was the whole reason why they they had this match in the first place. So I enjoyed that. We saw Big Bill and Ricky Starks pick up the victory of the Dark Order. Darby Allen kind of did commentary. I feel like there was hardly anything from him. But Dark Order jumped the champions at the start of the match. Evil Uno cheated, which I don't understand why the the faces were cheating. But obviously the champions were going to be winning this match. We saw Willow Nightingale pick up the victory over Queen Aminata. Very enjoyable. But I'm getting tired of seeing Queen Aminata just losing every single match. She gets so much offense in and then loses. It literally happens on on Collision also. Which I I don't know why you'd book something like that back-to-back nights. I want more from Queen Aminata. Also, I think it's funny to see Chris Statlander making Stokely embrace Willow. I think that was like the the bigger focus of the, the whole segment. We saw Team CMLL... Pick up the victory over 3.0, Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. The four of them were the ones to come to the aid of John Moxley last week on Dynamite, so that's why this was set up. But, boy, kind of random. Why any of them would care about the Blackpool Combat Club is beyond me, but they're making the CMLL guys out to be like heels. The Blackpool Combat Club, I feel like, are also heels. So, I don't know why anyone would come to their aid. It doesn't make sense. Especially another heel group and two faces. But regardless of that, this match was fun. There were times where Aubrey, I feel like, had no control and seemed to kind of be in the way at some points. But I guess that has to be expected when you book a match like this. I think it's good that Hechicero got the, the win since he was about to be facing Brian Danielson the next night. And then we move over to Collision where Eddie Kingston picked up the victory over Brian Keith, which was a proving ground match. And I said before, I feel like Eddie's a better champion than not putting the title on the line every single time. But the good news from this is that Brian Keith is now signed. So hopefully we'll see him actually pick up victories now. And he looked incredible in this match. As did Eddie. After that, Brian Danielson picked up the victory over Hechicero, which this was the the best match on Collision. Easily should have been the main event. It should have opened with that FTR match and then just stuck to the same order where, except moving Eddie and Keith to... uh, the match after Red Velvet. And then you'd have this main event since the storyline follows Eddie. But I liked that spinning hammerlock backbreaker that Hechicero does. He did a very nice like pin tactic where he like hooked Brian Danielson's leg for leverage. 
I thought it was really well done. And then he attacked Brian after the match. And Claudio made the save. We saw Hook pick up the victory over the Outrunners, which was interesting to have Hook take on a tag team by himself, but I think it's good to have this follow up everything that he did with Samoa Joe. You need to make Hook look strong, and I think that was one of the key moments of Hook's booking to make him look strong. We had an interview from Mark Briscoe, and he spoke about what House of Black did to him last week. And then they interrupted via video and said that they intend to make him disappear. Which I feel like without FTR and Daniel Garcia, this was kind of pointless. Because he was involved in that match last week. He was the fourth man. And FTR and Daniel Garcia moved on. They had nothing to do with this anymore. With House of Black, it made no sense. We saw Serena D pick up the victory over Queen Aminata. Much longer than her match last week. And I think it should have been shorter. To keep Serena D looking like beyond dominant. But like I said with Rampage and Queen Aminata, she's literally always getting so much in. And you know she's losing. So if she's actually signed, I feel like she should be winning matches. Make people care more. After that, Red Velvet picked up the victory over Vert Vixen. Two women's matches on AEW is is so rare. So I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if they'll actually end up building Red Velvet up. But she won that match in under three minutes. How does that make her look against Serena Deeb and Queen Aminata? I think it makes her look better than them. Even Thunder Rosa and Deanna Perrazzo. It took them much longer to to beat Red Velvet. So, I thought that was interesting. The main event saw FTR and Daniel Garcia pick up the victory over the Patriarchy. This I just thought was okay. And I think it it only happened because they now have to try and make the rankings make somewhat sense. Even though I don't think they'll end up making sense at all. It already doesn't make sense. And I think Daniel Garcia and Nick Wayne were the two that that shined the most here. And the one that looked the worst was Killswitch, unfortunately. Uh, over on uh, AEW Dynamite, well, I guess before I mentioned AEW Dynamite, on Collision, there was an interview with Swerve. This was partially about the rankings. It was also about the match with Hangman on Dynamite, which still really, to me, doesn't make sense. But he shouted out some ple- some people like Ron Simmons, Kofi Kingston, and Athena, and I thought that was really cool. And Swerve said that there won't be any interference in that match. And then Swerve versus Hangman ended in a draw. And Swerve was over big time here. Hangman was booed. So I thought it was interesting to see them boo the the face and then cheer the heel. But the crowd being so into this match, I think, was exciting. The feud itself, I was done with in October. But I really liked 
a bunch of stuff in this match. I like Swerve hitting his own buck shot before the stomp. We saw one table spot where the table broke, so Swerve went and got another table. And I feel like that shouldn't have happened. Just take the spot out. One table, I think, is is something where the referee should step in, but two, and the referee doesn't do anything? That makes no sense. It's not like these tables are the commentary or the ring bell table. He's setting it up to use. I don't understand how that makes sense, but Hangman gets put through the goddamn table with a double stomp and he's able, or not with a double stomp, with a a dead eye. And he's just able to move after that double stomp. I don't understand. And then Swerve goes for the pin, one, two, bell rings. And then Swerve tries to call for five more minutes. Hangman says no. Tony Shivani said, according to Tony Khan, there are now two number one contenders and there's going to be a three-way. And this is why the rankings make no sense. They were already tied at number one, but for some reason, Swerve was at number one and Paige was at number two. Made no sense. Makes no sense now. And Samoa Joe rightfully pissed off that he now has to face two people instead of one person. After that, we saw Tony Storm pick up the victory over Red Velvet. Deanna Perrazzo, kind of like Darby Allen, kind of on commentary. Didn't really say much. But I just really wish that they would build up Red Velvet with more wins. I think uh, her barely kicking out after that hip attack was very, very nice. Very well done from Red Velvet. And then the main focus, of course, Deanna Perrazzo, Tony Storm, they got face-to-face with each other, and Luther broke it up. We had the Blackpool Combat Club pick up the victory over Team CMLL. I like that Brian and Hechicero opened this match to continue where they left off from Collision. But I do feel like uh, Brian, since he got beat down after that match, should have been like uh, a little hotter. Come in like right off the gate, beating the hell out of him. That didn't really happen. But this was, again, another great match. And I'm, I'm very much so enjoying the CMLL guys on AEW. Claudio ended up using a, a low blow to pick up the victory. And then the other CMLL guys that were in the audience jumped the barricade. And then the random AEW guys ran down to back them out. So that sets up more matches between the two teams. Well, well, three teams, I guess. We had Tony Khan's major announcement where he announced that Dynamite leaked, I guess, earlier in the day, will be at TD Garden on March 13th for AEW Big Business. You got Boston with the two money signs like Sasha Banks. Obviously, this is for Mercedes Monet. And I really hope they know what they're doing with the women's division. Because as it stands right now, I don't think they're where they need to be for someone like Mercedes to come in. Like she's so big, such a big name, and they do so little with the women that she could kill the whole division. 
not her, but but the the stuff that they do with her. So I really, really hope there are some plans in place that that will allow AEW TV to at least juggle three different storylines and not one where it involves a man. Like that Soraya and the Outcast storyline. I'm talking women's championship. I'm talking TBS championship. I'm talking an extra Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet storyline. Obviously, we don't know if she's challenging for a championship yet. You could assume she will be. But there should there should 100% be three solid storylines in place. We saw Takesh to pick up the victory over Chris Jericho. Don Callis slapped Takeshita during this, which I thought was weird. But Sammy Guevara showed up, smacked a chair over Will Hobbs' back, had no effect on him. Then they brawled, Sammy clacked him in the face. I don't think any of that was necessary. Takeshita eventually hits that avalanche blue thunder bomb. Jericho kicks out. Would have preferred for that to be the end of the match. And then Don Callis tossed a chair in to distract Bryce. So Bryce again looks like an idiot. Don Callis stabbed Chris Jericho with a screwdriver. But to catch the lock, Chris Jericho in a lion tamer. And he eventually tapped out. So thank God to catch the one. We're definitely not over with this feud yet. But please end the goddamn feud. Main event saw Sting and Darby Allen, of course, pick up the victory over Big Bill and Ricky Starks in a Tornado Tag Team match to become the new Tag Team Champions. Sting, at this point, is beyond undefeated, so why anyone would think he wouldn't be winning would be just stupid. But big props to Ricky Starks and Big Bill for their tag team run. It was uh, four months exactly to the day. And even though they, they were a random tag team, and at first it's like, uh, I don't really know if I like this. I thought they worked very well together. So big props to them. Sting, uh, after the match, had his kids there to celebrate. And something that Tony Khan kept pushing through a series of tweets throughout the day was to make sure that people knew that AEW would have an overrun. Set your DVRs. So I figured that the Young Bucks would then be making their way out. That happened. They attacked Sting. They attacked the kids. They they attacked Darby Allin. They bloodied them up. Don't care. We have the rankings. They're going to be like, oh, we're EVPs. We skipped the line. Goofy. Don't care for this version of the Young Bucks. Don't care for this storyline. Don't even care that this is Sting's final match at this point. Because it doesn't interest me one bit. But that is AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout outs? I am Grover, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts. Griselda gets the first shoutout. It's a miniseries on Netflix starring Sofia Vergara as 
Griselda Blanco. Blanco was a Colombian drug lord who was key in establishing the trade between Colombia and New York, as well as Miami. And this miniseries focuses on her and uh, and Miami. I was not aware of her before this. I was not as well. Obviously, the big name from Colombia, it's Pablo Escobar. Yeah. And that's like, never obviously, realized that, I feel like uh, the only reason why I know Pablo Escobar never, is probably Entourage. But I mean, I, I I just never realized the large, how much of a large presence uh, a female drug lord had, you know? Yeah, and it's a crazy, crazy story. But a lot of this miniseries is in Spanish with English subtitles. And I thought it was cool to see Sophia act in Spanish because typically she's only speaking English. And I think she kills it in this role. I would be shocked if she's not nominated for an Emmy next year for this. I know. Yeah, she should totally... I agree with you. And usually... I, I don't think you usually like things that are dubbed, right? Well, It's not dubbed, but I hate reading. But uh, the trailer for this looked fantastic, and I, I'm enjoying this series very much so. I'm not 100% yeah, I, finished I'm, yet. I'm I, I, I looked into everything so i know how it's probably going to end so um my yeah. next shout out goes to curb your enthusiasm which is back unfortunately for its final season which sucks but i'm just happy that we're getting more curb uh because it's literally one of my favorite shows of all time got a little bone to pick with larry david though <laughs> because last week He's interviewed by Bill Simmons and Bill brought up pro wrestling to him and Larry like couldn't understand why anyone still watches pro wrestling. And he's like, I stopped after I watched after I realized it was fixed, which I would love for somebody to show him mankind versus undertaker from King of the ring, that hell in a cell match. But also fast forward after Larry David gives this interview to Bill Simmons, he goes on was a today show and proceeds to beat up Elmo and uses the Iron Claw. How do you not <laughs> he, he understand the excitement of pro wrestling and then use the Iron Claw on one of the it most important characters in, in the United States? Swerve. But check out the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I thought I watched the, the first episode twice. I thought it was so funny. Uh, it's on HBO. It's on Max. Um, looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, my next shout out goes to Carl Weathers, who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 76. He was probably most notably known as Apollo Creed in the Rocky franchise, but he also starred alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura in Predator. He was Chubbs in Happy Gilmore and Little Nicky. His last film role was as Combat Carl in Toy Story 4. We saw him portray himself, an elevated version of himself in Arrested Development. And he earned an Emmy nomination for his role in The Mandalorian. That was a big role for him. And we know through wrestling, Xavier Woods used Apollo Creed early on as his gimmick. And... uh, Jack Specific released a whole Rocky line that used parts of the Ruthless Aggression figure, so I always thought that was cool. I never saw any of the Rocky movies, but I always liked looking at the figures because they used the same parts that all these WWE action figures had. 
They had new uh-huh. figure parts as well, but I always thought that was cool. And then Carl Weathers was featured as uh, Apollo Creed in the, the mobile game for WWE, WWE Champions, which was very odd, but still cool to see him in that. Yeah. So it's yeah, unfortunate. so sad, you know. Um, big fan of him and all of his movies and everything like that. And then I also have to mention uh, Toby Keith passed away this week at the age of 62. And he had hits like uh, Should Have Been a Cowboy, Beer for My Horses, Red Solo Cup, which for me, when I when I think of Red Solo Cup, for some reason I associate it with high school, but that song came out way after high school. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because the video was like such an iconic video with all the, the cameos and everything, and they're, they're at like a... What seems like, I guess, like a college party or whatever. Where everyone's Mm -hmm. like drinking out of the Red Solo cups and stuff. But he appeared on the first ever weekly TNA pay-per-view where he was performing. And Double J interrupted the performance. And then later on, he ends up entering the Gauntlet for Gold, which is basically their Royal Rumble. And he eliminated Jeff Jarrett. He picked him up, hit that stalling suplex, and then him and Scott Hall eliminated Double J. And then he hits that the Keith Lee pose, which I, I don't know if maybe that's where Keith Lee got it from or maybe not. I don't know. We also know that Keith Lee, uh, not Keith Lee, uh, Toby Keith was a guest star or guest host on Monday Night Raw and then also appeared on a tribute to the troops in 2015. So very unfortunate that Toby Keith passed away. Unfortunate that Carl Weathers passed away. Go watch their movies, their TV shows, their, listen to their music. But those are... You never saw Toby Keith, did you? No. I don't know why I Mm-mm. thought you, you saw Toby Keith. I never got to see him either. But uh, yeah, those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I watched the full series already. I watched Love and WWE, Bianca and Montez. Now it's it's on Hulu. I think it's your typical reality TV show, and since it revolves around wrestling, I very much so enjoyed it. I think their house looks really nice. nice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and it gives me the stuff from Total Divas I want to see. It gives me some of the stuff from Ms. and Mrs. that I want to see. So... It's on Hulu. Every episode, check it out. Also, uh, yeah. I watched Freelance, which is now out on Hulu. It's a movie came out in theaters. It stars John Cena and Allison Brie, where John Cena is a former Army Special Forces who was injured and medically discharged. And then Allison Brie is a reporter, and John Cena's character is hired to be her security. Because she goes into a country where there's like a revolution, I guess, going on. And he ends Mm -hmm. up having to save her. I thought it was a very good action comedy. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a freaking six, which is completely unbelievable. The audience score at least is 77%, but for me, I would put it up in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I was shocked to see that Rotten Tomatoes' actual score was six. That's wild. Because I very much so enjoyed it. So that's on Hulu, too, that you could check out. How about you got any uh, mark-out moments? 
Um, just everything with this weekend with The Rock. Uh, I did pop for The Rock. Um, his entrance. It's inevitable that you're going to pop for The Rock. Yeah. Um, but when that I happened, it was mar- like, it literally, I I did not necessarily pop. I, to- I totally popped. Um, so I marked out for that and the entire segment that followed. I ate it all up. So that's what I marked out for. Well, speaking of marking out, we would not be the number one Taylor Swift pro wrestling podcast without mentioning that she announced her 11th studio album at the Grammys this past week titled the tortured poets department. She also made Grammys history, by the way, by becoming the only artist to win album of the year four times. She was previously tied with Frank Sinatra Stevie Wonder and Paul Simon, which is uh, pretty awesome that she made that history. And I'm excited. Yeah, no more uh, sharing that. I'm excited for this next album. Uh, Also, in regards to WWE 2K24, we learned that Muhammad Ali is in the game. And I think that's pretty cool. And I hope that maybe we could see him have the alternative referee attire. And that we would see the WrestleMania 1 main event in the showcase. I mean, we did see that they brought back special guest referee matches. Yeah. So I think it would be so. really cool. And it's also, it's kind of funny because when uh, a few months ago, when the the WWE Champions game that I spoke about before added Rocky, Clubber Lang, and Apollo Creed, people were like, oh, I think we're going to see them in the game. It's not known if they're in the game yet, but... Just to have another boxer in the game I thought was was pretty funny. So hopefully that does lead to the WrestleMania 1 main event. I don't know how they would do that because I, I would not include Jimmy Snuka, that's for sure. I would like Bob mm-hmm. Orton Jr., but I don't know how they would get around doing all that stuff. But yeah. just to have Muhammad Ali in the game I think is pretty cool. A lot of people, not a lot of people, I saw a few people complaining. It's a wasted spot. It's a I, think, spot. How, how I think it's it fantastic. He's spot. one of the most famous uh, athletes in the history of athletes. But, but and he has to do with pro wrestling. But it's as if fans don't realize that there's infinite number of spots. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, people are so dumb when they complain about stuff like that. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the Royal Rumble where there's strictly thirty <laughs> contestants. This is yeah. infinite number of spots as they are creating the game. Yeah, and they said over two hundred legends and and uh, superstars. So who knows who actually gets added? Brian Pillman was uh, apparently they have a, a legends deal with him now worked out. So I hope we'll see him return. Um, it's I think, yeah, maybe a Hall of Fame. I, that'd be awesome. I think it's. All but confirmed that Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man is one of the matches in the showcase. So Ricky Steamboat returns. We now know that multiple Ultimate Warrior tires exist in the showcase where we'll be able to use it for, for everything once we unlock it. Um, I don't know what other showcase matches we get. It'd be awesome to get Eddie Guerrero versus, versus uh, Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 20. It'd be nice to have Victoria versus Molly Holly from WrestleMania 22, but I don't think we'll be getting that. So we'll see what happens Mm. with WWE 2K24. That was episode 679. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at MarkinOut, at BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram. 
Chris Sween Dog, CM Sweeney85, David PTDPT on both platforms, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, YouTube and Instagram is Marking Out11. You can now listen to weekly episodes on our YouTube, YouTube.com slash Marking Out11. You could check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out, TikTok at Marking Out. Go watch that giraffe that blew up. I have no idea why. Not a clue. I mean, it's a giraffe yelling Adam. No, it, the giraffe's not yelling Adam. It, the caption says Adam. No, no, it's the giraffe yelling The it. giraffe is literally just walking, it. and it's Kelly Clarkson uh, stronger playing. And Kelly Clarkson <laughs> makes an appearance at the yeah, very end, so you, don't you have to watch to it people. to find out what happens. No, I don't lie to people. But uh, you can check out our show as well as on like YouTube, I already said. You can check us out at Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com as well. And we wish you the... The... Best of luck, best of in, luck your in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Bye.